Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. You know what's super frustrating here? Biden's done nothing but make the country worse in just about every arena. Economy, foreign policy, public safety, um, monetary policy, uh, fiscal policy. One, he has control of one only a little bit, but by his appointments, he's indicated otherwise. He's done nothing but make the country worse. And yet the bar for him is so low that after that disastrous speech last night where he couldn't even seem to get out a coherent sentence, there are still people on the left. Oh, it wasn't so bad. It was inspiring. They're only saying that because they're measuring him by a standard. They measured no other president. Trump succeeded and did a lot of great things and got no credit at all because they didn't like his mean tweets because they set the bar ridiculously high. I'm going to get to that today. An update on the big question um, in Ukraine. What the hell is going on with the Russian Air Force uh, and their supply lines? A little bit. It's a heavy news cycle. A little bit of comic relief today. We've also got a clip out of WTAE in Pittsburgh, which may be the single funniest <laughs> clip ever to air. On a lo- Don't let you. You're not supposed to be here yet. Joe saw it already. It's hilarious. If you've missed it. Um, you're going to have to watch the Rumble show today to see it. For Wouldn't you agree, Joe, for its full effect? Yes. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers in the role made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals on a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. Let's go. We're going to be okay. It's going to be okay. That was Biden's line last <laughs> yes, night, right? Yes. You actually said it better than you. Maybe if he sounded a little more exuberant okay. like you did, it wouldn't have been such a disastrous speech for the Pino. Dude. The Pino, the president name only. Now, of course, the media is telling you, oh, this is the greatest speech in the history of humankind. It was the equivalent of a, of a Ronald Reagan, you know, a Ronald Reagan a, a speech. It was an equivalent of, a, of an FDR World War II speech. Um, no, it wasn't. As you can see by this Daily Mail article, you can read my, read my newsletter. Just 41% of viewers reacted very positively to Biden's State of the Union, the lowest in 15 years since George W. Bush addressed Congress in 2007. By the way, that's a CNN poll. So I just throw that up there to show you again how the gaslighting never stops. Donald Trump gave a very, very good State of the Union speech, and everybody panned it on the left. Biden unquestionably gave a disaster of a speech last night where he couldn't even get out coherent sentences at points. And of course, the media is going to spin it to try to uh, try to uh, try to make you believe this. Uh, the speech was somehow uh, majestic. Here are some of the lowlights. Let's get right to it. What the hell is he saying here? That they're never going to gain the heart of the Uranians? Who the hell are the Uranians? Are they from Uranus? Who are the Uranians? Here, check this out. Putin may circle Kiev with tanks, but he'll never gain the hearts and souls of the Iranian people. He'll never he'll never extinguish their love of freedom. And he will never, never weaken the resolve of the free world. Now, even though that the audio quality, that one's poor, it's for a reason. Whoever zoned in on that, you got to see Kamala Harris's face. 
Some people thought he said, you'll never gain the hearts of the Iranians when he was clearly trying to talk about the Ukrainians. But if you listen closely, he appears to say the Iranians. I don't know who, at least the Iranians are a people. I don't know who the Iranians are. And you can see Kamala Harris, if you're watching the show on Rumble, please watch it. There's a lot of good visuals. You can see Kamala Harris whispering, Ukrainians, Joe, Ukrainians. It's not the Iranians. I don't know who the Iranians are. Maybe he does. Uh, this guy is guy. It's only the most important speech he's given of his presidency so far. Maybe figure out who the Iranians are first. Sadly, more of that coming. I wish there weren't. But the speech had no substance whatsoever to focus on. So it, it, it really is just the show now. Here's another one yesterday. Joe Biden has a very simple answer for inflation. One of the most persistent, uh, persistent and pernicious problems we've had in our economy over the last year, year and a half year. Very simple solution for the problem. Joe, I wish I'd thought about this first. Uh, if you're a business, don't lower wages. You just lower your costs. I mean, damn it. Why didn't I think of that? Here, check this out. Joe Biden's advice. One way to fight inflation is to drive down wages and make Americans poor. I think I have a better idea to fight inflation. Lower your costs, not your wages. <laughs> Gosh, man, Joe, it's so easy. Why didn't we think of that? I feel left behind. The arc of history left me in the past. If I just would have thought about that. Of course, this is simplistic liberal nonsense. You're never saying then what? So just lower your costs. Well, why are your input costs for your product if you're making socks and you're buying wool? Why is your wool or cotton so expensive for your socks? Well, because there's an outputter producing your inputs who has to pay employees more because of the inflation in the economy. So if you don't lower your wages, right, to compete competitively in a meritocratic economy, you're going to wind up having inputs cost more because you get this wage, uh, you get this wage spiral, inflation spiral. Does he not understand that? Of course he doesn't. He's Joe Biden. Just lower your costs as if it's the flip of a switch. The guy's an imbecile, folks. I mean, one of the dumbest lines I've ever heard. Now, couple of other things about this speech before I move on to some really important stuff. I just want to get this out of the way. The Democrats um, appear to not know the applause lines. I don't know if they've been coached. Hey, you want to clap here and don't clap here. Um, but Joe Biden couldn't keep up with the script. I don't know what's going on. But here's Chuck Schumer. These are really cringy. So if you don't like cringy, which I'm not a huge fan of, I get it if you want to fast forward. But here's some cringy moments. Here's Chuck Schumer. He doesn't know if he's supposed to clap or not. Because of the American rescue plan. Here, watch this. Rescue plan. The American rescue plan helped working people and left no one behind. This happened to a guy in front of me in church once. You know, Joe, if you don't go to church a lot, you don't know when to, you know what I'm talking about, right? It's hard to know when to stand. Everybody just knows if you go to the same church a lot, you just kind of know. They don't say, please stand. You'll just see people getting up. So there was this guy in front of me in the church. He must have gone to a different church, come to my church for the first time. And he kept getting up at the wrong time and then looking around again. That, that reminded me of Chuck Schumer. He doesn't know when to stand. Am I supposed to clap? Am I not supposed to clap? Here's the cringiest moment of all, though. Here's Nancy Pelosi. When Biden's talking about a very serious topic about people being exposed to toxic smoke pits, and Nancy Pelosi thinks this is like a laugh line or an applause line or something. No, I'm not kidding. Watch. This is absurd. Check this out. And our troops in Iraq have faced in Afghanistan have faced many dangers. One being stationed at bases, breathing in toxic smoke from burn pits. <laughs> many of you have been there. 
Holy. Even geese, even geese like, what the heck is that? That's not even, it's not like, you know, sometimes understandably, you know, you, you don't clap because you don't know if anyone else is going to clap, but it's an obvious applause line, applause line right, right? Right. And the tax cuts generated, uh, you know, more economic growth than we've seen in 20 years. And like one person claps and, and you get the Jeb Bush response, uh, please clap, right? That's not one of those times. You're talking about soldiers breathing in toxic smoke from burn pits and Nancy Pelosi's like. People. Throw the seals of fish. <laughs> so, right, right. The bar yeah. says, All right, this is embarrassing. All right. Here's a, I'm, I'm going to get through this quick again because it's not the comedy show here today, but this is the president of the United States, folks. And there's really nothing of substance to address in the speech I hadn't addressed already yesterday. Everything I told you he was going to talk about, he talked about. He talked about all his crap plans, all his garbage nonsense. We addressed it yesterday. None of it's going to happen. Here he is ending his speech yesterday. And he says, go get him. Did he mean like go get him? Because go get him and go get him are two completely different things. But it left a lot of people puzzled. Like, who's him? Is there a him? Or is it an M? Or is it a him? Check this out. One America, the United States of America. God bless you all, and may God protect our troops. Thank you. Go get him. Now, mark my words, fellas. Mark the date, Joe. Time check. Uh, Wednesday, March 2nd, 9 a.m. Uh, mark the time. Flagged it. There will be a fact check on this tomorrow, guaranteed. Because the fact checkers are total clowns and an embarrassment to humankind themselves, their family, their kids, their neighborhoods. Mark my words, there will be a fact check this on this tomorrow that they, they know what Joe Biden meant because they can get in his head. Joe Biden can't get in his own head, but they know. They'll say, no, he meant go get him like EM. Maybe he did. As somebody said, but maybe you'll, you will see a fact check on this tomorrow. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. I'm going to get to Saki in a minute beforehand because I want to get to some substance again. I know it's the beginning of the show. It's been a busy week. We got to cover the speech last night. But there's really nothing of substance to cover. A couple of other winners last night from Joe Biden. Verbal faux pas. The guy can't even seem to coherently get out of sentence. He was talking about a pound of Ukrainian people. Did he mean pound for pound Ukrainian people? I have no, I, I don't know, folks. Your guess is as good as mine as to what Joe Biden means. At one point, he talked about investigating crime prevention. Did he mean investing in crime prevention? I, 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 again, I don't know. Your guess is as good as my guess. Another point, he talked about a wall high enough to keep out the vaccine. Joe, what is I don't know. I didn't hear that. Again, I can play you all the videos, but I don't. I, we have a lot of subs. This is just, I know. I, I don't get it either. And then finally, he talked about the effects of climate change. In, you mean the effects? The, uh, oh no, oh, all right, enough of this. The speech was a disaster. I mean, clearly. And again, I'm just upset that although the Trump administration over four years had a lot of substance behind it some de-escalation, peace deals in the Middle East, tax cuts, great economic growth, uh, until he was sidelined by the pandemic, which everyone would have been signed, was sidelined by all around the world. 
regulatory reform. They had real tangible accomplishments there. They were constantly knocked by people for presentation style. Oh, no, Trump sucks because his presentation is no good. We don't like his mean tweets. Yet, by the same standard, you have a guy with zero accomplishments at all. Since he's been in office, he's been a disaster, Joe Biden, on every metric, whose presentation, presentation style excuse me, is far worse, can't seem to get a word out without you know, bumbling through it. And the media loves him. He's the greatest thing since, uh, you know, sliced bread and microwave pizza. Embarrassing. Embarrassing. Here's Peppermint Patty, his lead propagandist, before the speech yesterday. She was talking to Dana Perino on Fox. And I want you to listen to this answer because, Joe, we've actually played this near verbatim exact answer before from other Democrats, not just Jen Psaki. She's asked about, listen, Putin's, you know, long term is pretty much iced out his competition in the global fuel market. Putin's getting rich off us buying and others fuel and gas and oil from Russia. So why don't we just finish the Keystone Pipeline here, which would ice out Russia over here? We wouldn't have to buy stuff from anywhere. Listen to this dumb answer. It's the same answer you've heard a thousand times from Democrats. Well, it wouldn't be online tomorrow. Here, listen to this stupidity. The president shares the concern about any impact on gas prices, on energy prices for the American people. And that's why a range of options remain on the table. He already recently tapped into the Strategic Petroleum Reserve uh, just last fall, which had an impact. But I would say but the Keystone Pipeline. Mar- it, but, but, but the impact, but, Jen, that was pretty, that was a, a blip. blip. Uh, you know, it was the, a 10 cent po- thing, but it doesn't last. But Dana, the policies you mentioned, I, I know Senator, uh, Senator Cotton and others have mentioned these, they, they are not policies that would address the issue at all. Uh, this Keystone Pipeline, it would take years for that to have an impact on prices. Obviously, there are a range of reasons why the president opposes it, but it wasn't functioning, isn't functioning. It would take years. Woman is an idiot. She really, she's either an idiot or a talented liar. And I'm really beginning to wonder if she's an idiot. I used to think she was smart, and just very deceptive. A couple of things she says there. It wouldn't impact prices at all. And then she goes on to contradict herself saying, oh, it would, but it may take years. Clearly, she doesn't understand how futures contracts work, how long-term planning works in the petro industry. She doesn't understand any of that, how capital investment works. None of it. Either that or she's a liar. The, the hard reality is investment in Keystone would impact prices relatively quickly as the signal goes out that investment in the oil and petro space is safe in the United States and projects that are viable immediately would get capital easier. She doesn't understand. And Democrats talk to you like you're an idiot. She then goes on to say, well, the strategic petroleum release that we're doing from our strategic reserves, well, that'll help. Gee, Joe, did that happen overnight? Joe, do you think they built reserve capacity to store oil in our strategic reserve? You think they built that in 10 minutes? Like they were just bored. They were like, let's take a, it probably took a while, right? It took longer than that. So a little longer. Thank you, Joe. Yes. So the long-term planning of a strategic petroleum reserve is a good thing, but medium-term planning over Keystone, which could be completed in a relatively brief timeline, comparatively speaking, is no good. The woman is an idiot. Gosh, we have to deal with the stupid all the time. So, want me to switch gears. 
I mean to switch gears from serious to the, the sarcastic to funny, but I need a little bit of a comedic break after this week of news. So I want you to watch this before I move on to the Ukraine stuff so we can kind of dial the temperature down a little bit from these morons in the White House and in the media too. So this aired yesterday on WTAE in Pittsburgh, a local television station, obviously. Um, I would venture to say it may be the single funniest clip you will ever see on television. You'll notice the broadcaster starts talking about this 71-year-old man who is arrested for trying to touch this girl somewhere. And uh, if you're watching on Rumble, I want you to notice what uh, makes it onto the screen as she's talking about this story. <laughs> Check this out. It's not clear what may have been taken, and no arrests have been made. A 71-year-old man is accused of inappropriately touching a 12-year-old girl at the Walmart in West Mifflin Sunday afternoon. you got to see the face of the co-hacker <laughs> as a picture of Joe Biden, State of the Union, pops on the screen as the anchor talks about a 71-year-old man inappropriately touching Oh my gosh, folks, probably the funniest thing to ever air on live television that I've ever seen. Listen, if it turns out to be fake, it's still funny, but it's freaking hilarious. You got to please watch it on Rumble. It's really, really funny. All right. With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall credit card bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate mega stores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. So just before we dig into um, what's going on in Ukraine, the lies, the disinformation campaigns now are everywhere, propaganda's everywhere, and I promise you, thank you for all the emails, people saying we appreciate you trying to sift through it. I can't promise you we won't get burned by it. We are doing our best. It's hard to report on this in live time using the Bongino rule, 24 to 72 hours, wait for any story to kind of flesh out. It's hard to do that in the middle of a war where information changes by the second, but we're doing our best. We are doing our best to sift through the propaganda. But it's not just lies and disinformation on the Ukrainian or Russian side either. It's disinformation from our own people and, and lies. It's just everywhere. But I want to address this question first. What does Ukraine like, look like going forward? Folks, this is a question um, I don't think a lot of people are pondering right now, obviously because of the acute situation we have with death and destruction induced by Putin over there in Ukraine. But even if there was a peace deal tomorrow, I heard a woman on, she was on Fox yesterday. I think it was a mom. Uh, I'm sorry, I was was actually shaving and I kind of passively heard it. But she was saying, you know, how do we go back to our homes now in Kharkiv, which is very close to the Russian border? It's a good point. I mean, their country was just invaded by Russia. They're sitting there within not even long distance missile range. I mean, just the, you know, a, a truck fired missile range of Russia. How do you go back to your homes with the constant threat of being bombarded at any given moment? I mean, the chances of the Russian uh, empire being defeated right now, being defeated and wiped out like the Germans and the Japanese were in World War II is, is zero to none and none left town. So Ukraine going forward, what does this look like? Folks, these are really uncomfortable questions. 
I mean, has it become a de facto client state of Russia just because of its proximity there and the fear of the people of living next door to this nuclear powered giant? I mean, put yourself in their shoes. Say you lived in Florida and Georgia was bombarding your state every single day and you lived in the panhandle. How do you go back to school? What does Ukraine look like going forward? It's a fair question, and none of the answers are particularly easy. Folks, again, uh, the lies and the disinformation campaigns are everywhere, and they're not just from Russian sources or Ukrainian sources or Democrats and liberals. They're coming from everywhere. Um, A guy who's just disappointed me to no end is John Bolton. Listen, President Trump was not uh, uh, perfect. I think we all understand that. Uh, He was very imperfect, like I am and you are as well. Um, you know, he's a human being. He has motivations like everyone else. But the hard reality is I don't want to date President Trump. I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in a president who get things done. And he did get things done. Now, notice how John Bolton in this clip on Newsmax, one lies because he's what he is. He's a liar. And secondly, after he lies, he gets into President Trump's uh, his perceived mental state about how what Trump uh, didn't or wanted and didn't want to do it. Joe. The point I'm trying to make here, maybe poorly so, is I don't care why President Trump did what he did. What I care about is that he did it. Right. You want a guy like George W. Bush who talks a big game about this and that and doesn't do it in the conservative side? Or a guy like Trump who behind the scenes is maybe grumpy and indecisive about things, but then eventually does it? I want the guy who does it, not the guy who talks about it. Here's John Bolton blatantly lying about the Nord Stream 2 sanctions in the Trump administration. Check this out. I mean, he took a very tough stance against Russia. I'm surprised you don't think that he would have handled no, this better didn't. than Joe Biden. No, he, he, he did not. He did not. How did he we didn't not? sanction Nord Stream 2. We, did, we didn't sanction Nord Stream 2. We should have. We should have brought the project to an end. Uh, we did impose sanctions on Russian oligarchs and, and several others because of their sales of S-400 uh, anti-aircraft systems to other countries. But in almost every case, the sanctions were imposed with Trump uh, uh, complaining about it and saying we were being too hard. This guy is a buffoon. The mustache. This guy is a buffoon. He's complaining that Trump complained about stuff. Folks, you heard that goes on, by the way, for about five more minutes. And the entire clip is John Bolton suggesting that although Trump did things to Russia that Biden hasn't and Obama didn't, that caused significant problems from Russia and dissuaded them from an attack on Ukraine, that Trump's a bad guy because he maybe didn't want to do it right away. This guy is a buffoon. And you notice what he said there? He said, well, Trump didn't sanction Nord Stream 2. Really? Uh, Here's an article by the BBC. Nord Stream 2, Trump approved sanctions on Russia gas pipeline. This is one of the stupidest smart people you've ever seen. You know my warning about stupid smart people, right? I can't say it enough. Stupid, stupid people are not dangerous. Because stupid, stupid people know they're stupid. I'm sorry. I don't know an easy way to say it. Stupid, smart people who outrun their skis all the time and mistake their experience or degrees for actual smarts are the most dangerous people in the world. This is a guy, Bolton, who would walk you into World War III tomorrow. What a loser. Yeah, Trump pulled us out of open skies, pulled us out of the INF treaty. Those things happen. 
Russia wanted those treaties, not us. Russia. They benefited Russia more than us. Killed the Russian mercs in the Syrian battlefield, Trump, and his administration. Largest loss of life in American hands in decades. Sanctioned Nord Stream 2. Expanded Magnitsky. Those things happened. What do I give a damn if Donald Trump was 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 uh, one day wanted it and then the next day didn't, but eventually did it. Why do I care? What a buffoon this guy is. He's just a liar. We didn't sanction Nord Stream 2. Now, speaking of, we're showing you what an imbecile this guy is, Bolton. Maybe he should reserve his harshest criticism for Biden. It would be fair, he criticizes, but... He seems to have this vitriol towards Trump because he got exposed as a know-nothing by Trump. Speaking of sanctions, which Bolton just lied about, what are Biden's sanctions? What are they doing? Well, Matt Lee, who's an actual reporter over there at the State Department, Matt Lee asked some questions of the hapless Biden State Department spokesperson, Ned Price, who is a total buffoon. So Ned Price got up there and Matt Lee's like, hey, listen, I looked at these sanctions by the Biden administration and, you know, you put out this big glowing statement and there's this thing in there, Joe, all the exemptions of the sanctions. And Matt Lee brings up a really good point. Like everything seems to be exempted from the sanctions. So what's the freaking point? And listen to Ned Price try to spin this. This is great. Check this out. I've seen the list of exemptions and it's frankly huge. Can you give us an example of the kinds of talks that now are no longer going to take place? You're asking me to... Uh, well, I mean, are we talking about cultural exchanges or what? I mean, I, because if Matt, you look I, at the list of stuff that's exempted, you start with the JCPOA, you go to climate, you go to COVID, you go to anything having to do with consular affairs. What, what you, you will see... You go to anything that the seventh floor thinks is significant enough... Which could be anything. So I'm just wondering, what is it? You will see. You will see. Arctic Council in there. You you will see. Every single. You will see a focus on our core national security interests. Yeah, but every international organization, you know, contact with the Russians at every international organization is carved out. It's exempted from this. Matt, I'm I'm not sure this. Going from the ICAO (laughs) to the to the to the Arctic Council to. Uh, the OSCE. To- we are going to pursue. Well, so what is what has been banned or halted because of this directive? And we are going to pursue what is in our national security interest. Some of the things you just listed are fundamental to our national security interests. Just because uh, Russia has taken uh, this action doesn't mean that uh, we should stop caring about our own security, the well-being, uh, the welfare, the safety, the security of the American people. <laughs> Great question by Matt Lee. So you have sanctions, but it appears to be everything but what? The Arts Council? So what, we're not trading in uh, Russian art in the United States in exchange programs now? Again, do you want a guy who is presentation style you don't agree with, Trump, but the results you do? Or do you want a guy like Biden whose presentation, presentation style is a disaster and the results are even worse? I, I'm just asking. Now, getting back to the war in uh, Ukraine here, because there's a lot of important stuff here. Folks, my, my prior line of work, right? We had an agent specifically dedicated to logistics on foreign trips. Typically, they, they came out of the transportation section 
um, because transportation involves logistics. I was in the transportation section. I did two tours there on the president's detail. I bring it up because logistics are everything. Matter of fact, the logistics assignment on an overseas protection advance for the president was widely considered to be the most difficult thing you would ever do. A little inside baseball in the Secret Service. If you wanted to get promoted on the detail or get a lead advance and become uh, one of the A-teamers on the detail, if you didn't do an overseas logistics assignment in my day, um, you were pretty much precluded from moving up the ranks because it was considered the, um, how would you describe it? It was considered the ultimate test of your ability to deal with stress. I did it in Frankfurt, Germany. I was a logistics guy. And ladies and gentlemen, is a major pain in the caboose. You're dealing with getting personnel in, getting supplies in, getting room and lodging for people. You're dealing with getting weapons in. You're dealing with customs. It is a monster pain in the ass. Vehicles, we fly helicopters in. Now think about it. That's just for one presidential visit. Now imagine the logistics involved in an invasion of a foreign country. Magnify that times what? A hundred, a thousand, ten thousand? If you don't have your logistics nailed down, you don't have an operation, protection, war, anything. Logistics are number one. Beans and bullets, man. The Russians have not seemed to figure that out. Here's a great article by Mike Glenn in the newsletter. I encourage you to read it. Lack of fuel and food hinders the Russian advance on Kiev, Pentagon says. A senior defense official said the Russian column headed into Kiev has faced greater resistance than expected, and not just from a vigorous Ukrainian resistance. Quote, what we're seeing are columns that are literally out of gas, and now they're starting to run out of food for their troops, the official told reporters at the Pentagon. We're only on day six of the invasion. Now, again, to not fall into the propaganda trap from either side, I'm not going to lie to you, and I don't like being lied to either. These problems are overcomable. They're not impossible to overcome. The problem is they've stacked up three deep on these highways somewhere that getting these fuel trucks in and getting supply lines established again are going to be bottled up by the Russians' own need to get out of the way of their own supply lines. I mean, it seems like they haven't even thought through the basics of this damn thing. Having said that, they seem to have outrun their air cover. Why is that a big deal? Folks, not that this is going to happen, but our air-to-ground attack planes, our E-10s and things like that, if this, God forbid, and believe me, God forbid, turned into a full-blown war, they could take out this entire supply line in a day or two. There doesn't seem to be any, you know what I'm talking about, there doesn't seem to be any Russian air power overseeing and, and providing overwatch for this massive convoy. I'm really, I'm, I'm actually stunned at their incompetence here, given their experience in Syria and elsewhere and in Chechnya. They seem to have really screwed this up. They can fix it. Not a reason. Oh, Ukrainians have won. That's ridiculous, too. They haven't won anything yet. Got a long road ahead, but I'm going to get to that next, the air power things. That's a big question. Okay. So, uh, again, the Russian air power is by far superior to the Ukrainian air force. It's not even close. They're not even, it, 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 it's not even in the ballpark. Forget about the chapter. not even in the same book. So a lot of people are starting to wonder, is Putin, this is why I titled the show, you know, is Putin playing a game with us here? Is Putin playing possum? Reuters has in a stunning act of actual journalism for once. Reuters has a story. What happened to Russia's air force? 
U.S. officials and experts are stumped. I'm pretty stumped, too. I mean, we don't even take the president into an area without overwatch. We don't provide a 360-degree bubble above, below, and around. Why are the Russians exposing their entire invasion convoy on this road to Kiev with very little air power to cover it? So they, they have some, some possible answers here, not very good. They say, instead, Ukrainian Air Force fighters are still carrying out low-level defensive counter-air and ground-attack sorties. Russia is still flying through contested airspace. Ukrainian troops with surface-to-air rockets are able to threaten Russian aircraft and are creating risk to Russian pilots trying to support ground forces. There's a lot of stuff that they're, they're doing that's perplexing, said Rob Lee, a Russian military specialist at the Foreign Policy Research Institute. He thought the beginning of the war would be the maximum use of force. So I should say there's no answers in there at all. They seem confused. Thank, confused. Thank God for experts, folks. But there is an argument here. The argument is one I've heard from Colonel McGregor, who will be on my show this week, who the, uh, a lot of people don't seem to like, but I want all opinions on the matter. Colonel McGregor seems very pessimistic, pessimistic about the Ukrainians' chances here. And that's fine. If he believes it, I want his professional opinion. If it's wrong, it's wrong. But what he's been going with is this kind of hearts and minds scenario. I, I, probably a poor way to phrase it, but what they're suggesting, and it's maybe an answer to the Russian Air Force dilemma here, is are the Russians holding back because Putin thinks he's ultimately going to have to lord over this region with a puppet government. He doesn't want to destroy the infrastructure, which China is going to be able to, would have to leverage at some point as well. So maybe in conjunction with his Chinese partners, they don't want to destroy the infrastructure of a place they plan to lord over and use, right? Makes sense? But the problem with that hearts and minds scenario that, oh, they're trying to win the hearts and minds of the Ukrainians by not using the Russian air force to decimate Ukraine Right? You get it? The problem with that is when you talk to McGregor and others, and maybe I'm reading them wrong, he'll have the chance to explain himself, is that, and then in the next breath, they say, well, if the Ukrainians continue to fight back, they're basically going to go scorched earth and destroy the Ukrainian army from the air and wipe out the entire city. Well, then you don't have a hearts and minds scenario. I, I, so it's a hearts and minds battle until it's not? I, you, you guys understand what I'm saying? I don't get that. Yeah, yeah. I don't get that. Like in Iraq, we, we, we did our best to avoid civilian targets the entire time we were there. Sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. But we didn't flip on a dime when things got ugly and drop a nuke on Iraq going, ah, F it, we're just going to drop a nuke, screw it, it's not working. You either have a hearts and minds strategy or you don't. You're either trying to win over the population you plan to lord over or you don't. That's the problem I have with that. And that's why I'm having a hard time understanding what's going on with the Russian Air Force. Because it's clear now, after day six and seven, that they're running into significant problems. You better, they're going to have to stop it now and activate their Air Force, or they're going to find themselves in real trouble as their supply lines start to get picked off as they get stranded. A lot of commentary on this stuff. Unfortunately, a lot of commentary that just doesn't make sense to me uh, on its face. All right, moving on. I got a lot more to get to. Uh, you know, it's hard to do a week without this. Uh, it's time for a fact checker clown show. Sorry, that's the radio show. I always forget that the radio show. Oh, he's going to make one for us. <laughs> we do. Fact checker clown show we love. Jim is a stinger, which I always forget. 
Fact Checker Clown Show continues over at PolitiFact, which we call PolitiFarce on the show because they're an embarrassing, humiliating mess of humankind. Here are two of the dumbest fact checks you'll ever see in your life. Uh, here, I, I mean, even for PolitiFact, which is a humiliating, embarrassing, democratic propaganda factory. So Maria Bartiromo on Fox stated on February 22nd, 2022 in a TV segment, we have doubled our oil imports from Russia in the last year. So the complete moron dunces at PolitiFact, Jakob Reyes, uh, they graded that as mostly false. Uh, if you'll notice in the next slide here on PolitiFact, the next uh, photo, it says the U.S. did double the amount of crude oil imported from Russia last year. But Russia accounts for only 3% of overall U.S. crude oil imports in 2021. Jakob, Jakob Reyes. I wonder if he has a certificate like Bill McCarthy. Who said I stated uh, uh, the healthiest cities in America? So I never, never, never stated any such thing. Never stated it at all. Words never exited my mouth. I've, 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 I've offered a what thousand ten. I'll offer a hundred thousand dollars to anyone who could show me the Fox episode where I stated that and said that. They can't. These people are just liars and idiots. That the U.S. did not double oil imports from Russia last year. That's what they're saying. And then they go, the U.S. did double the amount of crude oil imported from Russia last year. Same fact check. Here's another one. Gets worse. PolitiFact had a great day yesterday. Glenn Youngkin, governor of Virginia. He says, Virginia is one of only a handful of states that actually taxes our veterans' retirement. They rate that as half true. And their ruling is it's half true because 15 states tax military pensions. That's a minority, but certainly more than a handful. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> now we're, these are these morons. Wait, who is that? Go back. Warren Fiske. Thanks, Keith. Warren Fiske, Warren Fiske and Jakob Reyes, two morons. Uh, I, I, I got to imagine your parents every day are humiliated. They spawn such losers. Um, these are these idiots. <laughs> this is what they do. Tell me again how we sh anyone should take PolitiFact seriously ever. Whenever you see PolitiFact get involved, know that the Democrats are bothered by something and they need PolitiFact to come in and rescue them. It's embarrassing. Um, all right. Uh, one quick request before I move on. I want to get to... Uh, Lavrov, a wired photo, and, and Trump on Maria Bartiromo this morning. Uh, we raised an enormous amount of money. Uh, we far surpassed our goal for the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. It is coming to an end in the coming days, but I would deeply appreciate it if you would consider a donation uh, to the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. It is Bongino.com slash LLS. You have been so generous. We're over $300,000, which is really be i know i'm supposed to say like oh we're just ten thousand shy from our goal no our goal was two hundred fifty thousand. i'm not here to lie to you we surpassed our goal but uh, it closes out in the next coming days and uh, i would really appreciate it if you uh if you're up for it if you could spare a few bucks for the leukemia and lymphoma society it's something i lived through um really sucks and uh thank you very much uh we just got a couple days left so it's bongino.com slash lls bongino.com slash lls uh, thanks for considering Okay, um, listen, uh, this, this is the threats coming out of Russia right now. We have to be very cautious. I had Victor Davis Hansen on my radio show yesterday. I, I, here's what I mean. There's a Reuters article that kind of sums it up. They're talking again. Here's Sergei Lavrov, who is their mouthpiece. He's the Baghdad Bob of Russia, except this guy actually means what he says sometimes. Russia's Lavrov says a third world war would be nuclear and destructive. You know, I, I think that seems fairly obvious to many, but folks, the constant Russian talk right now between Putin and Lavrov about the use uh, 
and moving around of nuclear weapons around the world to target people is deeply disturbing. And I can't emphasize to you enough that people on our side, this is why I'm trying to tell you, please avoid the propaganda, who are suggesting it's a bluff, ignore it. That is insane. Okay? It is the, read the book, The Black Swan, if you want to understand what I mean. When you're talking about, he talks about the, how, the, um, how the natural world it really controls for black swan events. You have a forest fire in an undisturbed natural forest. Eventually, it burns its way out. Folks, with, with human-created problems, when black swan events happen due to the modern information exchange, things can get out of hand quickly, like the mortgage crisis, where a couple people couldn't afford their homes, which turned into 1,000, which turned into 100,000, which turned into a global recession. We created that crisis because of the information exchange. Everybody said around the world, buy mortgage-backed securities. They're so wonderful. And with the spread of information technology, all these other companies got pressured into doing it. My problem with nuclear wars, it's one of these black, black swan events too. Yes, the chances of it happening are infinitesimally small. The problem is the consequence is death and global annihilation. For you to say it's an infinitesimally small probability of it happening so we should ignore it is crazy. The Russians are talking about nuclear war for a reason. Whether it means they want a nuclear war, will engage a nuclear war, I don't know. I don't think so. But they're clearly doing it for some strategic reason, and we shouldn't discount the fact that this is actually an option on their table. Doing it is idiotic. All right, enough on that. Um, on to another story. On the tech front, we haven't spoken about a lot of tech stories this week because of the primacy of the Ukraine-Russia crisis right now and the importance of that story. But there, is a, there are more things going on. Ladies and gentlemen, turn off Google as quickly as you can. I've warned you about Google. I don't just say it because we're trying to excise Google from our life in my war with YouTube and Google ads. Um, Google is an evil company. Google is, is, it is, excising it from your life is difficult, but doing it is necessary right now. I saw this article in Wired Magazine about Google employing new technology that can now read your body language without cameras. Wait, what? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Using a radar type system to see if, quote, you're sitting at your desk, if the TV show, if a TV sees you leave the couch to answer the front door, it can now, they're looking, working on technology that'll pause the TV and resumes playback when you sit back down? What if our computers took more social cues from our movements and learned to be more considerate companions? It says they're working on this radar technology, basically in your house, which would observe and see what you're doing and your movement patterns. Folks, get Google out of your life. Are they storing this data? Do you want Google to know where you're moving around your house? Think about this. Between Google Maps, Google Search, Google Ads, they understand your buying habits. They understand your moving patterns. They understand potential medical conditions on what you search for. They understand who your friends are based on your search and internet activity. They can understand what your business interests are. Folks, excise Google from your life. Google is an evil company. And now they could possibly look at through this growing technology when you're sitting there at your couch, when you're moving around, are they storing this data? Now they don't really know where you're moving outside. They know where you're moving inside too. So yes, bottom line, excise Google from your life. I can't even imagine in the future as it gets worse, the portfolio of information they're going to have on you. Okay. Um, with regard to what's going on in Ukraine right now, the obvious question is why we seeded the international fuel and oil market to Vladimir Putin to let him finance his terrorist attack on Ukraine. Why did we do that? Because the left is suicidal. That's why we did that. 
Here's Donald Trump this morning on Maria Bartiromo's show asking this exact same question. Check this out. Get them the weaponry that he needs, and he's got to open up the oil. He's got to open it up, and he's got to open it up today, not tomorrow. Got to open up the oil, Mm -hmm. and you'll get the prices down, and that'll affect inflation tremendously. But it'll also affect uh, Russia, because you got to stop paying Russia right now. Okay, let me put it a different way. Stop paying Russia immediately. Don't buy oil from Russia. Mm -hmm. Again, I like to tie the show together, inside, outside, forward, back, put a little sandwich on it right here, right? Here's the sandwich. We're going to cover the bread here. The bread in the beginning was Biden's failures. At the end, we're going to talk about Trump here. Because I ask you the question again, do you want a guy you don't like his presentation style, or you claim to in Trump, or you don't like his tweets, who actually got stuff done and seems to see the situation clearly for what it is? We are paying Russia for oil we have here to enrich him to go and attack other countries as a nuclear power. Is he the only one who gets this? I don't like his tweets. What do you, who cares? Why do you care? Again, you want to date the guy? Yet you want this other buffoon whose presentation style is even worse and results are far worse. This makes sense to you? Is he the only guy seeing this clearly right now? Ugh, man, is it frustrating. We are paying this guy to attack other countries for oil we have here. Jobs we could build here. All right, moving on. Last story because it's an important one. Just the news. Please read this. In my newsletter today, Bongino.com slash newsletter. Folks, there was a special counsel in Washington, and they, which, excuse me, Wisconsin, they uncovered a bombshell yesterday. 91 nursing homes in Wisconsin had 95 to 100% voter turnout in 2020. Folks, if these numbers turn out to be accurate, and to be crystal clear here, it's not every single nursing home. So that percentage may go down. We don't want to fall into affirmation bias on our side either. These are just the 91 they looked at. If they look at, say, 191, it may go down. But the pattern up to this point is extremely suspicious by any reasonable measure. So Phil Klein, who's the director of this group, the Amistad Project, conducted its own investigation into nursing home turnout rates in the 2020 election on behalf of the Wisconsin Voter Alliance. He said on Tuesday, quote, it's quite remarkable. This private money that flows in, government-hired voter navigators go after nursing homes, and suddenly 90-some-odd nursing homes in Wisconsin have 100% turnout, even if people who unfortunately, due to their health conditions, are unable to read, think, or contemplate voting. Read the piece. Down further in the piece, they discuss having videotaped depositions of family members of some of these residents of the nursing homes, folks. Family members saying that they are not capable of voting the people they have in the nursing home, either due to their psychological mental state, either due to their health and their ability to comprehend. Folks, how the hell in these nursing homes are you getting 90 plus percent voter turnout amongst a population where just due to chronic health conditions, people, some may not have the faculties to, uh, to vote. What happened here? Regardless of your feelings about the 2020 election, do you want free and fair elections or do you not? We can't have this happen again. Why is the media not covering this? If this was a scandal involving a potential Hillary Clinton win in 2016, this would be the biggest scandal on the media on the front page of every newspaper on 60 Minutes on Sunday. These are questions we have to consider. And I want. 
I want these bows. I want these, these, these ribbons tied up at the end. I want these things finished and I want answers and you should want them too. I want it fixed. Bunch of Zuckerbucks flow into Wisconsin for a turnout effort. All of a sudden people in nursing homes who can't vote may vote. Sounds incredibly suspicious to me. And Democrats should be concerned about this too. Fidelity to the Constitution and belief in the outcome of the elections is a central hallmark of a constitutional republic. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Again, if you'd consider making a donation in the last few days of our fundraiser, we would deeply appreciate it. Bongino.com slash LLS. It means the world to us. Thanks a lot. I will see you on the radio show later. You just heard Dan Bongino.